Are you recording, Jason? <laughs> we are live, Mike. How is it going, sir? <laughs> so here we are, the maiden voided voyage of the hard-headed podcast. I am Mike Harden. Jason Ed right here. And uh, for you for the first episode here, you know, this is really two two buds here uh, watching their beloved uh, White Sox on TV here. And then, you know, as the game goes on, we're just going to kind of, we'll talk a little baseball. We'll talk a little int- of our personal interest. We'll just kind of go on here, talk, and, you know, two friends talking as they watch the game here. This is not going to be a specifically a baseball podcast. This isn't specifically a... Um, an entertainment podcast. This isn't. This is going to be a little everything to everyone. So, you know, as we kick it off here, we're we're, in, we're doing a we're watching a first place showdown, as I guess they call it here in the early going of the season with our with our White Sox. That's probably going to be a third place showdown in August. Well, but well, you come know on what? now, come on now. <laughs> well, we'll see what happens. Yeah. So so a little background here. Jason and I are are huge Sox fans here, Chicago White Sox fans. Um, yeah, yeah, so we're we're here on May seventh. We're May seventh. Our White Sox are taking on the Kansas City Royals in Kansas City as this game starts getting going here. Um, our guys have gotten off to a sixteen and thirteen start, I believe. Jason, Jason you want to fact check? Me I will there. double I don't check that real quick. Any fake news? But we're uh, <laughs> half game out of first place. And taking on the Kansas City Royals. Are we half Royals. game? Yes. I thought we were tied coming into this game, but no, maybe not. That, okay. that is not. I, I do know we're a half game out. So uh, they are playing the Kansas City Royals, who I believe are also a, a game out of first place to the Cleveland Indians, who are now in first. And uh, we're going to be sitting here watching this game go by, talk about the team, talk about anything else that comes in our head here. Uh, but just, you know, to get this going here, the White Sox – it's been a very strange start to the season. I mean, they are they are they are considered they are technically a winning team, right? They are a winning team. They are a winning team, and they are projected as the favorites to win the division. They are. They are now. Now, starting this year, it's been a rough going. I've always I've kind of described it as every game has felt like a loss. This this year, they're they're sixteen and thirteen. They're like thirty games in. Even the games that they've won, I've I've turned the game off or have walked out of the stadium. For the most part, there's been a couple games that, like you know, Rodon's no hitter. They've had a couple blowouts this year that they that they've handed down. But for the most part, every game has been exhausting, fucking exhausting. And they've they've either had big leads that have shrunk down to tight games, they've blown games, they've made bad plays, you know, they've been very sloppy, and every game has just felt like a loss most of the time this year. So if anybody was wondering, uh, yeah, it is that kind of podcast, and we will be swearing on this podcast, because that is how much... This team drives us nuts. Yes. Um, yes. Quick couple of fat checks is that Kansas City is in third, a game back. The White Sox are at 16 and 13, and a half game back. When the fuck did the Cleveland Indians... Well, they're on a hot streak. They're, yeah, they're they won eight, like four or five in a row. They're eight and two in their last 10, and they're on a five-game well, winning streak. Well, they swept the Royals. That's what put them really over the top here. They came out of nowhere. Well, they got the pitching. So the, the Indians, you know, a lot of people at the beginning of the season thought getting rid of Lindor, you know, that they're not going to have the firepower 
um, hey, this year. But, but here they are. When you got Shane Bieber striking out everyone, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they got the rotation. Um, so I, you know, they're they're hanging around. Obviously, the Royals are the surprise team in the division right now, and, and the Sox. You know, the Sox are are where I think a lot of people, including us, thought they would be. It's how they've gotten to this point. It's just been infuriating. It's never easy. You know, and I think going back to 2005, where it was... No, I'm I want the, the the old five thing is oh go 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 on. Then I'll just, rant about it. I'm 05. just saying I think I think White Sox fans got spoiled from going um what what is it called when wire to wire. You know, starting off from the gate, winning two out of three in one series, winning two out of the three the next series, boom, you know, you're four and two, and then I think it even went on to the third series, you're six and three, and holy crap, you're out in the game, you're running. Yeah. And it's just like I don't think we've started a season. I'm sorry, not we. I think the White Sox haven't started a season ever since then. And it's just like it's we can never get off to a good start. And it's never easy. And it just seems like, you know, like you said, like I think out of the, let's see, the 29 games that they've played this season, it's one good game where it's just like, yeah, that was a good, clean game. And you know what it took for that good, clean game? A fucking no-hitter. And it's just like, <laughs> right. you know, like the defense has sucked this season so far. Like the simple stuff. You know, we'll get into it later, but our fucking coach not knowing the goddamn fucking rules. You know, it's just like simple stuff that you you would think a Major League Baseball organization should be able to take care of. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the manager has been, it's been a clown show. I mean, I don't think anyone has really... Supported that hire. Um, you know, I thought that at least, at the very least, <laughs> at least, um, you know, he, he, had the, he has the baseball knowledge that, you know, he would be able to do X's and O's perfectly fine and let the actual talent take over. Unfortunately. Yeah, in the 1980s. Been a, well, right. But unfortunately, there's been, you know, some, some huge, huge, huge blows now to this team with, with Aloy being gone. And now Luis, you know, had to, uh, you know, with the hip flexor injury. And you're just playing guys that shouldn't even be on a major league roster in terms of Billy Hamilton, uh, Jake Lamb, and um, who else? And Lurie Garcia. And, you know, a lot of people like super sub Lurie Garcia. I have never really warmed up to him. I know he had a decent year last year, and I believe the year before as well. He sucks. yeah, he's he's not very good. He's he's being he's obviously being uh, overused right now, and it's just been like this flashbacks of these teams where they've just band-aided things together, done a lot of garbage diving to get you know sign you know half-ass talent, and and here we are. But you know again, we're twelve and thir- we're sixteen and thirteen. Team is where we expected them to be. It's just the journey to that, to this point so far, has been rough. And like you said, they have always started off cruddy, even in years where they were supposed to be very good. They always have their summer run. So hopefully that still comes, but but they got to finish it out. Last year, they were the benefits of the expanded playoff system. Let's you know Everyone wants to say they were a playoff team last year, which technically they were. However... 
in any other season that that would not have happened. So they got to close it out this year. I, I still think even with the injuries, and I and hopefully the two guys come back at the end of the year. By the, and by all indication, I they think they will. I think they still have enough to get to the playoffs. It's just going to be very tough, and I think very stressful for a lot of Sox fans in 2021. A lot more than I think we so, all thought it would be. So there's a lot, lots to cover and digest there. Let's just, let's just two things real quick. Yeah, they always have their hot summer, uh, their run, but you forgot to add and mention that they always have their September choke fest, where you know they blow their pants and you know lose four games. The to Cleveland and they lose the division last right. year. And, you know, to piggyback off of that is I'm not even counting, you know, everybody's like, Oh, let's, you know, let's, let's make the playoffs this year so we can, you know, finally in our first time in our organization's history, make the playoffs back to back years. I'm sorry. If you think that fuck that, you know, because if they make the playoffs this year and then next year, that's making history. That's making it two years in a row at 162-game season. Yeah, they were the benefits of having a 60-game season last year. They blew the division. They blew the number one seed, and they finished as what? the Seventh. It was seventh. The seventh. You know, I was going to say the last, but yeah, it was the second to last seed. So Uh, No, it was the last one because they were the road team in the wild wild card. card. So they were the eighth. They were. They were. So when you go from... The number one seed, winning your division, and then choking, you know, in Cleveland four games to being the eighth seed. I'm sorry. You're you are the beneficiary of the season, the circumstances. So they need to they it's a fresh start on making the playoffs back to back years. This beer you let me try is terrible. It's <laughs> well, you just go ahead. absolutely awful. You go on drinking your this Miller Lite. This is like French toast in a cup. That's why it tastes amazing. No, it, it's, I don't want that. I don't want that <laughs> well, at 8 o'clock at night. I, I don't. It's 7.20, you yeah, old it's, ass. It's whatever. But How old are you now? Is, this is bad. This is really bad. Are you going to deny free alcohol? I got a, I got like a 20-pack of Miller Lite in there for you. Uh, okay? I'm not drinking all that because <laughs> <laughs> that's... Folks, that's, please stay around for innings 79. Right, <laughs> right. Mike's, uh, you know... Got two in his hand, and and you know he's grabbing yeah. three from the fridge. Yeah, no, uh, what is this? What what are you drinking? Because uh, you love. You said it's the best beer in the world. I do think this is in the top five uh, of my you know most favorite beer of all time. But this is the mango coconut sticky sour, just from Untitled Art, uh, from Drecker Brewing Company. See, we don't need that. In Wanakee, Wisconsin. You got to expand your horizons there, Mike. I I, okay. I will give you. I need to expand my horizons, but that's that's beyond the rainbow. What do we? What does it say that it's we're two? You know, Jamokes sitting here on a Friday night doing a podcast, (laughs) drinking beer from Wisconsin. (laughs) Well, you. Well, oh, that's well. Technically, I am, and I also uh, have my Starbucks iced tea next to me. So, I'm sorry, double fisting. (laughs) <laughs> I'm sorry, because I'm drinking a sticky sour that tastes disgusting, but you high-class motherfucker over there is drinking a Starbucks iced tea. What? How is that? Starbucks has not, is no longer that, that's the high-class thing anymore. That, that, that I'm sorry, who stereo- took the crown? 
that I don't. It's now the, all those artisan coffee shops, the fancy coffee shops. Those I would say those have now replaced Starbucks. Starbucks is McDonald's basically of of the coffee world. Okay, I think you're Starbucks. It's McDonald's. It's now considered there's there's drive-throughs. There's one on every corner. It, it's to me Starbucks. While you know, I I certainly go get their coffees in the morning on my way to work. It's no longer. I don't think people should consider Starbucks like, ooh, look at Mister Fancy Pants over here with the Starbucks. I'm sorry when that it's it's McDonald's. When now, you basically. when you see these pictures online of like 20 steps on what to do to their coffee. But those people are losers that want that, though. They you don't need twenty yeah. steps. Though. They're high maintenance bitches, also, <laughs> Mike, and they think they're the class of the world. But you can get that anywhere. Though. You can't get that anywhere. All I'm saying, okay, fine. Maybe the Starbucks has come down, but the arrogant assholes of the world have still go to Starbucks for their coffee. I wouldn't totally agree with that because I think you'll find that anywhere. Though. Well, of course you don't because you're an arrogant asshole. <laughs> I disagree. I disagree. (laughs) When the fuck did Andrew Benatendi get on the Royals? He was traded there in the offseason. He's been traded to the White Sox for the last, like, six years, you know, for White Sox Twitter. Wasn't that, uh, wasn't the Mankata package him or Mankata? Didn't they have to choose between one of them? Yeah. Thank God they choose Mankata. <laughs> but I mean, how good would Ben Intendi look in a White Sox uniform right I always, now? I always in our think outfield? the Sox would have screwed Mike Trout up. Like you know, <laughs> how many how many times have we talked about that? You know, why do people come to the White Sox and their careers? Or I'm sorry, why do people come to the White Sox and their hitting careers nosedive? And I've always said, you put the best hitter in the league, Mike Trout, on the White Sox, and somehow the White Sox would find out how to fuck it up. Most likely. Most likely. You know? Most likely. I, I don't, I'm not going to pretend to know what they do to these guys, you know, what the hitting coach is doing, but I, there's been enough of, 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 of my life watching this team knowing that uh, it's, it's generally hopeless. So with the exception of a few years. But I'm trying to be positive this year. I think when you and I did our preseason predictions this year, I think this was the first year in the last 10 years that I actually predicted them to make the playoffs. I don't think I've ever predicted them in those prediction dinners that we've done to actually make it. So I'm trying to be positive. I think there's been a few issues this year that we didn't foresee, especially all the injuries, but... I, I'm still I, I'm I'm trying to be positive this year. Just to let everyone know that Mike did predict the White Sox to make the playoffs while being in second place in the wild card. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, that's still the that's still the postseason. <laughs> I know, I know. That's still, he's just he, he's selling full optimism over here, and it's it's not. I, it's more just because I still think you got to knock the team off. In this case, the Twins. The team that's been there, you gotta you gotta prove you can knock them off. And the team that's sitting at eleven and nineteen right well, now. Well, that's that's rough. That's been. I'm I'm a, I'm very happy that we are not dealing with that right now. Oh, so um, didn't bring this up earlier, but one thing uh, you know we'll be covering a little little side action on on this pod is I like to uh, do a little sports gambling. 
And so, of course you do. Of course I do, man. You gotta, you gotta have. You some, gotta make something a little on the side. You got it. You know, you gotta have a little fun. And uh, one of the Chicago sports gambling books uh, had a promotion because they haven't seen me in a while. If uh, if you deposited two hundred and fifty. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold <laughs> on. Oh, back it up, back it up, back okay. it up. Let's 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 clear this up. <laughs> one of the gambling agencies haven't seen hasn't seen you in a while. Was that through an email they said that this? was through uh, an email? Was this a was this standard boilerplate email, or did somebody actually call you up and say, "Jason"? It was an email. Okay, okay. So, deposit two. So. D- deposit two. It's it's a great it's a great system, man. Because you they de- got you, they got you. No, well, I kind of got them though because. The thing is, though, you deposit 250 bucks, and they match 250 in free bets. Okay. Some books make you keep the 250 that you deposited until you get. You have to bet the 250 to get the 250 in free bets. The one that I did, you bet, or I'm sorry, you deposit the 250. You immediately get the 250 in free bets. And what I do is I withdraw the 250 of my own money. And then I split the 250 into four bets, and it's four hundred. It's four free $62. And <laughs> it's a lot of numbers you're throwing at me. Okay, so here. I deposit <laughs> 250 Yeah. I get 250 in free bets from the the, the gaming yeah, yeah, book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I then, after receiving those, I withdraw my 250 so I don't lose any of my hard-earned is this cash. A, is this a pyramid scheme? Is this? Is this? I don't know. I'm working it. So, anyways, you can either have one. You could you could one wager of the two hundred and fifty dollars of your bet, or you could split it into, into four. So, obviously, I split it into four, and I'm going to create a short pot with it. So, did a guy from Somalia reach out to you? Okay, no, this is the head. This is a this is a, a legal Chicago sports okay. bet. With the initials uh, PB, okay? I'll just throw that out there. And then... No um, free advertising. No free advertising. advertising. Um, So we started officially the show show pot today, and I put a wager on Carlos Rodon on the over strikeouts of five and a half. So so Carlos has has to get six uh strikeouts for us to cash in yeah. yes yes i know how that works i'm just making you know <laughs> hey i'm just being informative to our listeners out there and uh hopefully this is uh a start to our show pot okay and hopefully this is a start this is news to me this is first time i'm hearing this i like it i like it so we're gonna we're gonna have a show pot for the hard-headed podcast okay. you know i figure i figure every time you know, because we'll we'll be doing this year round, folks. But you know, a lot of it is uh, we'll we'll probably you know mostly do this in the summer with the White Sox games. But hey, if the Bulls ever get good, you know, I'm sure we could have That's that. That's not going to happen. That's probably not going to ever happen. But we could probably have them in the background. But you know, um, I figured every time we are doing a hard-headed podcast show with a with a sports game in the background. I figure we could get a little, little action on it to, well, make, <laughs> to make it a little interesting in case one of the teams is getting blown out or not. You got a little juice on the line. Got to have a yeah, little juice on right. the line, you know? I, I think, so, you know, up until recently, 
the online sports betting thing was illegal in the state of Illinois. Um, obviously, fantasy football has been the dominant. Uh, you know, fantasy sports just in general has been huge for you know millions and millions of people. I think eventually the the online betting now is going to replace the the, the popularity of fantasy football and fantasy sports. What do you think? I don't know about that because I don't do either really. So I'm I'm a, being a blowhard about this, but just I mean, in terms of what I see, like talking to other people, I see more people now doing the sports betting and they're leaving the fantasy stuff behind. So I've been trying to get Mike to do fantasy football for years, but I don't know anything. He doesn't know football anything. is just not the. It, hey man, it just don't, doesn't do it for me. Don't down yourself. We're you know we got to m- maybe talk football a little bit in the fall. <laughs> yeah. No. But um, the thing, you know, I've heard that argument, and the thing is, I think maybe in, like, 40 years, but, like, there's so many people. How many years? 40. 40? 40. Because <laughs> there are so, well, think about it, okay? Fantasy football, you don't have to be 18 to play. So, you know, there could be kids from, like, 12 to 18 that, boom, pick up fantasy football. Was, okay. Yeah. So okay. there are so many people that are unfamiliar with gambling in general and fantasy football is just easier. So I don't think it will take away from fantasy. I think it will actually just add to interest. Like I've, excuse me, I've done fantasy for years and it's like this past football season, there's some Sunday nights and I'm just like fucking drained because I'm like, I'm doing a survivor pool. I'm doing a pick em league. I'm doing, I'm betting on the games. I'm playing three. Who's got time for all that? I'm playing three fantasy football leagues and I'm just like, I don't know how I keep it straight. So I don't think it will take away necessarily. I think, I think it'll add to it. Interesting. Yeah. So I'm not sure if it will. Take away. Like, I just think there are a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of people that have to get familiar with gambling to strictly take away from fantasy. And you got to remember, fantasy is free, you know, unless you you do some type of, uh, you know, league where it's a $50 buy-in, which is the one I do. But, you know, and that's just one time. So kind of got to wait and see on that, you know. So... But I mean, it's it's nice. It's it's convenient to uh, make a bet right there on your phone, you know. Yeah. So, but yeah, we're we're ruined for Carlos Rodon to have six. Well, where is he now? Do you know? Can Let's. You... Uh, I actually. I just... wish there was something that you can instantly find stats out. You know, like a like a smartphone in our yeah. in our pockets. Yeah. He has one strikeout right oh, now. Oh well, he's got some work to do. Uh, so as you know, as we go through here, it, it is nice to see people in st- in the seats, though, isn't it? Have you been to a ball game yet? This I year? have not. You have not. I have not. What are you doing? He's got two strikeouts. Well, there you go. All right, four more to go. Uh, so what are you doing? Why why haven't you made it out? Um, I I don't know. I just haven't like you know put in the effort to. Well, I mean the first. I heard there's a lot of bullshit with the first homestand. You know, I heard season ticket holders had to buy all six games to get tickets for opening day. So I wasn't. You didn't have to, but that was probably the best way to secure it. Uh, Because what they do is uh, you you 
season ticket holders can purchase, get priority access for, you know, there's one day that's dedicated to the people that want to buy all the games of the homestand, which I get that. You want to front all the money for, for you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten games. They should be able to get first crack at it. Then the next day, whoever just wanted to buy indiv- the season ticket holders that want to buy individual tickets for the homestand, then they get the crack at those. So that that's how. Then whatever's left over kind of gets released then to the general public. So it's mean, a lot of work. It's a lot of work to know all the dates. It's a lot of work. I mean, that's the other thing. And like you know, I'm sure we're gonna gone are the days where you can walk up. It's not even that. Like, you know, I guess, like, you know, it's like, I want to go to a game, but, like, do I want to go to a game and, like, you know, be secluded to one-eighth of the stadium, you know? Um, Well, I think they're – so the last one I went to, I think they relaxed that a little bit. Um there was a little more movement allowed. There's some, uh, I guess the kids call them hacks. There's some hacks to get around the stadium, you know, kind of busting through some barricades that they have up. Some loopholes. There's there's loopholes. There's there's ways around it. Um, Is that on the app? No, no, no. <laughs> they, they don't. They don't let that. They don't let that on the app. <laughs> Uh, but hopefully, you know, as things start to open up more, I think the state of Illinois is going to, they're claiming it's going to be full on reopening by the 4th of July. You know, we can get rid of some of this stuff that is, you know, restricting people from going to the ball game because it is really nice to see people there to be back there high-fiving people, which I guess you're technically not supposed to be doing, but people are doing it anyway, which is great. But, I mean, it's one of those things that hopefully, you know, timed entrances you know, all this stuff is going to kind of go away. Um, you know, I was out for lunch today, and one of the things I, I was like, I really want this to be done after all of this is all said and done, is the curbside pickup thing. Stop stop blocking the, the prime parking spots in the parking lot for the curbside pickup people. They should be at the back of the parking lot. If they can't get out of their car and requesting some poor sap that works at Creighton Barrel to lug their one fork that they're buying out to their car, then you know what? They should be delegated to the back of the parking lot. The, the curbside pickup thing, I think, needs to be one of the things from, from one of the new habits that have come out of the last, what, 12, 18 months here. If, if we can get rid of that one after all is said and done, I think that will be pretty good. So when you sent me this earlier today, I had a question. And curbside pickup, are you talking about where somebody parks in that? And then they get their phone out and say, I'm in spot three. And they bring out the food to you or, or, or whatever. Yeah, whatever. Okay. Is it is it where, you know, like let's say they're bringing out food to you. Are they bring, giving it to you in your, through your window? I don't, I, I don't partake in this. I don't partake in this well, practice. I get out of my car like a man, and I go into the store <laughs> with my mask on, of course, and I do my shopping. I get my, my, my uh, I'm running my errands. I don't need to pull up in a spot like I'm, you know, the, the king here. Bring me my goods, sir. 
And then, well, see, like, that's the thing I was wondering about. Like, do you have a problem with like, you know, just somebody parking and handing it to you through the window or, or do you have a problem? Like, because the thing that I was like, like the first time I did curbside pickup, the guy wouldn't even let me out of the car. Like well, I pulled because up because you're diseased. He doesn't. He doesn't want your diseased self. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm fully vaxxed. Okay, <laughs> no anti-vaxxers on this show. Um, he wouldn't even let me get out of the car, and I was like, "Whoa!" I was like, "I can get my food." He's like, "No, no, no, no. Get back in. Get back in. We'll put it in the trunk That's for probably you." Probably policy. We'll we'll put it in the trunk for you. And I'm like, you're like, dude, I got a dead body back there. You can't, I'm riding dirty. No, 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 no. Don't open the trunk. Don't open the trunk. I was like, I was like, I can grab my food, man. Like, but so like, yeah, I mean like that, that could go, you know, that can go whatever, uh, you know, you know, virtual concerts. I don't know if you've partaken in any of this. I have not yet. I just find it because they're not live, from what I understand. Someone told me that they're actually not live concerts. It it depends on who you follow. So I actually love the virtual concerts um, because I follow a lot of DJs, and what they've done is, uh, you know, they just they'll do live shows. You know, it's just like, hey, Friday night, you know, three at three o'clock, five o'clock, you know, at certain websites, YouTube, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you know, doing a live stream, you know, um, one guy I like to follow Mark Farina, he did a live stream, uh, I think in between Christmas and new year's and it was at a record shop. So I have heard that with, uh, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the, some of the streams that are not live, but like, I guess in the, in the music that I like, a lot of DJs have been doing live streams and I know, uh, I know, I think the lead singer for the Death Cab for Cutie has done some, like, home, you know, kind of live streams. So, I I like them because, like, I actually hope they, I think they're a cool way for fans to see their favorite artists more. And I hope they kind of, like, stick around a little bit through past COVID, you know, because, like, the problem is, is, like, some of the DJs that I like, man, they will go... But you get the same. Obviously, it's not the it's not the same. It's not the same. But are you getting the the same enjoyment out of? So I'm the type of person where like I hate seeing my favorite artist once a year. You know, the the sweet thing about DJs is like some of the DJs that I like, you know, they'll come back to the city like four or five times a year. So it's like. It's, it's nice to fill that void. And one band that I like, the Disco Biscuits, I wish they would tour a lot more. And the thing is, is they don't tour. They don't do tours. They do city runs. And, like, they'll maybe go to, like, 10 to 15 different cities a year, and they'll do three shows each run at that mm-hmm. city. But the nice thing is, is they'll do free webcast. So, like, well, you... Well, that's, that's an interesting way to do it. Like, now, if, you're, if a band's on tour... Let's say they go to Chicago, they can sell tickets to a virtual concert for people out, like block black it out for exactly. people in Chicago, exactly. Unless it's sold out or something, and then let people do a webcast of it of a live show, exactly, exactly. You know, and it, that's and that's what I'm hoping. And as people are still maybe probably weary of of going to a show, maybe over the next year or two, people are still going to be, which is understandable. 
But and so maybe have that option before the actual concerts, you, you know, that, that they're performing live. So, like, my big thing is as long as they're live, keep doing them. No pre recorded bullshit. That is a big no no in the DJ world. Even if you go to see somebody live and they have a pre recorded set and all they're doing up there is turning knobs. Fuck that. <laughs> Fuck you. Make it live. Make it improv and make mix on the fucking spot and make it up as you go, man. Just like we're doing right here. We came in with a few notes and you know what? We just turned on and press record and we're heroes. fucking off. heroes here. And we're, we're heroes. and we're fucking off and running, man. So I I take it as like I want them to stay for two reasons. As long as they're live in their basement at home, you know, I will pay 15, 20 bucks anytime they're doing it. And I totally agree with you. I think if they do live webcast inside clubs or concert venues, I think it's great for so many reasons. One, I agree with you. Black it out. You know, so... I mean, obviously, there's ways around that. You can get around with blackout rules with, you know, right, sports right, right, right. broadcasts. But for the most part, for the normal everyday person, they don't know or how you know to what? do something. Don't or even, they don't have the patience don't to Don't even black it out. Because, like, with most, like, DJ... For me, for most DJ shows, or, like, I like a lot of underground music and, like... You know, a ticket for one of the artists that I like is probably 15 to 20 bucks. So don't even black it out in that city, but charge the webcast what you would charge the ticket to go. Yeah. So either way, you're making up money for that for that person going. And like I think one is like you get to see the artist more throughout the year. You get more excited and more hyped up and like seeing them like, oh wow, this is what one of their shows is like. I can't wait to go and see that in person. And then three. You get to see what other clubs are like or what other concert venues are like throughout America, throughout the world. And, you know, it's like, hey, that looks really cool. That's in that city. It's just like it's it, it gets you more informed about like just so many different things. Like off topic real quick, like I discovered a couple of weeks ago, there's like four or five different people like we've talked about, you know, like we're going to go to Vegas one day. And I've been missing Vegas, uh, you know, tremendously because I was supposed to go to Vegas last April, but I was, you know, I'm a big YouTube guy. I like flipping stuff and like it was recommended this live stream of Vegas. And I was like, I clicked on it. And it was just this guy walking up and down Vegas for a night on a Friday and Saturday night. And then I, then he bumped into like two other live streamers. So I went and checked them out. It's and a whole world. I'm not, I have no, I'm is. not even familiar it with. It is. And like, <laughs> it honestly is. And like. It's like, it's, it was, it was so cool to just like, you know, if you're missing something to sit down on your couch and it's like, holy crap, you're like right there. Yeah. And it's just like, it gets me more excited. And like, you know, it's like, Hey, I was there. I've been there, you know, like I want to go check that out next time. And it's just like, so I'm cool with it as long as it's live and not pre-recorded to piggyback off. The concerts, though, one thing that I think needs to go that should have never happened was driving concerts. Yeah, I I, I was invited to one uh, in, in in December, December or January, and you know I I, I wasn't able to go, but uh, a buddy Good. of mine so went. You freeze your nuts yeah, off. Well, right. Uh, so a buddy of mine went, and he 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 said it was a, a great time. He. He really enjoyed it, 
But uh, that, yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you on that one. It's something that um, I don't see the appeal in there. But you know what? For people that are starved to to get out there and see it, see a live show, you know, the, the at least that option was there for people that that really wanted to do it. Okay, but here's the thing, though. Like, uh, there's three strike. Oh, we're at four workouts. Oh, we're. We're going to we're going Vegas, tonight. baby. <laughs> Vegas, 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 Vegas. <laughs> By midnight, baby, we're going to be up huge in Vegas. <laughs> That's from Swingers, folks, if you didn't pick up on that. Um, thing is, though, why do they got to be driving? Just have pods. Just have, Why do we got to have it at a drive-in? Like multiple shows? No, just okay. Why does a why does a band have to play at a drive-in where we bring our car? Well, I think they're just they were trying something out. I mean, th- that that okay, was probably so, so. Why not have an outdoor concert with pots? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I get that, but I think at the time that that was going on, that they were experimenting with that, is they didn't even want non-household people even in a pod together. Whether you agree with that or not, whether... whether how, how would the venue know that? Well, right. How I'm would the saying, venue they know... Did, they didn't want mingling in general. So whether you agree with all that or not, that's probably what the thinking was. And while they were just trying to experiment with this, keeping people distant and, and you know, they, they just didn't want... Like, even today, they, they, they don't really want people mingling with each other i mean at the ball games they they are telling people to to keep it moving okay but what i'm saying though is they got pods at the at the baseball game right so why can't they have pods but, but that's now though but that's may no it isn't now 2021 you know they, they weren't doing that in december anywhere. then why please tell me why i'm going to a driving concert in june of this year well, because I think, well, I, I mean, we, we can go down a long rabbit hole on this one, which I'm not prepared to do. But I think there's That's, going to be... There's, there's no the, preparation yeah. here. We're, we're not, improv. We're making it up as we go. We just covered going, that. We're not going down there. But I think there's, I think there's going to be an over... What do they say? It's an overabundance of caution is, is one of the, 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 the trendy terms of, of, I think, 2021. And also... Uh, another one is healing. Healing's, you're going to hear healing a lot this year. How are we healing, Jason? We're healing, aren't we? Who gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs> okay, all I'm saying is like, there's a, there's a picture I've been looking for on Instagram, and I, I got to look for it, but we're up to five strikeouts, baby, in the bottom of the wow, third. Wow, so this is... Looking good. We're looking good for the show pop. Vegas, baby. Vegas. <laughs> um, and there's a picture that I've been looking for on Instagram where, like, it it probably was, like, you know, five to six rows of, of, of ten of these pods. And it was raised stages. And um, they had, you know, it was, like, two to four people in each pod outside. And it was just, like... A nice spread out show. And I, I'll look for it in a minute here. But like, you know, the one artist that I like was like, oh, if it's going to be like this, count me out. I'm like, why? If it's going to be like this, count me in. You have your own space. Nobody's on top of you, asses and elbows. 
You can have room to dance. And yeah, but that's what concerts are all about, though. People on top of you and elbow to elbow and and just no, having a good time. No, that's what the first 20 rows of a fucking concert are. And that's what the people in the back who like to dance and like to have room have to deal with the bullshit of everybody rushing up to the front. It all sounds the same. It sounds the same wherever you go. <laughs> I make the joke. I make a joke to the, the most random people next to me. When we get some asshole bumping and grinding that gotta ram their ass through. Well, the, yeah, but that's a that's just a I, shit move though. I mean you get a, that you get that in any I mean I've been to countless concerts where I've been up by the stage and then all of a sudden, you know, some some a hole just starts blowing through and it's like, dude, come on. Well that's what I'm saying. And that's what I'm saying. Like I tell the person that bumps that is next to me that who we just got bumped into. I'm like, man, it must sound fucking great up there. Like, it doesn't, it sounds shitty back here, but it's got to sound fucking awesome up there. No, it doesn't. (laughs) So, like, all my point is, is, like, you know, because, you know, you kind of asked me, like, what are some of the things that, like, I hope go away? I, I can make you a list of some of the shit that I hope fucking stays. You know? It's just, like... Capacity limits. Not capacity limits, but like I hope we all learn that we don't always have to be right on top of each other. Ah, fair, fair. You know, like when you're at the fucking grocery store or you're standing in like, you know, the Portillo's fucking line. Is there a reason why you gotta be like, I gotta I gotta hear you breathing? No. They want that Polish. (laughs) They gotta get that Polish, man. They gotta get that Maxwell Street, man. Yeah. But you know, it's just like like, should we blow on birthday cakes anymore? Probably yeah, not. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. I mean, blow, let the kids blow the candles out. Yeah, the kid that's like snotting and boogers yes, are coming out, yes. and like twenty we people all survived. Man, we all survived. Not everybody with COVID did. I. But this was before. But take take somebody that had COVID that you don't know that has COVID and is blowing on a fucking birthday cake. Well, then you can tell them to go get a shot. Then. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> all I'm saying is like, why? Why are we eating birthday cake that's been spit on and blown on by somebody else? Well, I'm not because I'm not a cake guy, but yeah. All right, then. Well, you're not a cake guy, but whatever you take. What's your favorite dessert, Mike? <sighs> you know, I'm not a dessert guy. Once once the dessert menu comes, I'm like, I'm, I'm good. I'd rather go to a, the tavern after dinner. <laughs> okay, so you take, you take your favorite beer, Miller Lite, <laughs> and you go... Hello, everybody. Happy birthday. And we all take a sip from the same goddamn fucking cup. You all, you know, though, that eventually within a few years, it's all going to be, I would think, back to where things were on March 1st, 2020. Yeah. And then we're going to have a COVID pandemic again. Uh, If nobody learns anything from what happened, it's going to be quicker next time. And it's going to be more serious. God damn. Jesus. Well, folks, good night. <laughs> that was episode one of I hope you the guys Hard-Headed enjoy. Podcast. We're and 47 minutes in here. <laughs> <laughs> hope you guys hear of us again. You know, monitor. Oh, there it is. Here we That's go. Six, there we go, baby. Show pod started. Six strikeouts. We just won 45 bucks. 45. That's it? Uh, you know. I thought you were wagering big time. I thought this it was, was a like... a $62 bet. Ah, come on. 
What do you want to bet? You you get with me next time, and we'll we'll combine. Not that I'm going to throw you know big big money around here. You're talking we'll, a big we'll, game. I, I we we can combine forces on this. It's the show pot, man. We that's what I'm talking about. You know. So uh, all right. So we have forty two dollars now. So the thing was because of the free bet. You know, like if I bet my own money, we would have we would have won the money and then a little bit extra. But since it was a free bet from the the gaming commission or the gaming, you know, the book, they took their juice. They took their like 10%. So we won. I'll, I'll check in a minute. I think it was like 47 bucks. That works. Not bad, right? That for works. Free, free money. Right. Thank you, Carlos, for, uh, you know, six strikeouts. That's, that's all we needed. Hey, you know, Carlos, he, you know, for a guy that I think I've had a lot of, you know, issues with over the years, I know you have. You know, as 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 we're just fans, we're not we're not you know experts here. We're not beat reporters. We're not sports writers. We're not you know we're just slob fans watching you know our team Speak <laughs> over for yourself, the years, Mike. over the years. And so you know we certainly had our issues with Carlos Rodon, but he's also he's been hurt. His, it was more just out of frustration that the guy got hurt. Don't every single year. Don't group us into the slobs of you know like one B reporter of the White Sox. <laughs> so I mean, but but this year, I mean, he he has been absolutely solid, dude. It, it's amazing. I, would you consider him the best guy on the staff so far this year? He has to be. Best starter. Yeah, well, yeah, the, yeah, the starter. I would, I would say Michael Kopech's got the best pitcher on the, on the yeah, staff. Yeah, he's been, but, he's been really good too. But I would say Carlos Rodon is definitely the best starter. Yeah, without a doubt. Who? Here's a fun question. Who's the number five? Well, so here my my whole take on rotations is. Oh, they get blown up. They get blown up. Yeah. So, like, you know, saying a guy's a one, a two, or three, you know, that that doesn't really matter at the end of the day because your one eventually becomes your four. Right. You know, so in, Playoff in terms start of tomorrow, number. Though. But, yeah. So, with this team right now, I still think you put Giolito game one, although it's been a little concerning with him lately, although he has been left in there by Clown, Larusa. Um so, you know, but in Keiko's been also solid, but I would say it's got to be um, Giolito, Rodon, and Keiko. Ooh. I mean, but Lynn has been really. Dylan Cease has been excellent the last he two has, starts. I don't trust him yet. Yeah. Though. I don't trust um, him yet. If, if and Lynn's been. I mean, you can't go wrong with those four. So if I if I had a playoff star on him. Starting tomorrow. Excuse me. I would go Carlos Rodon, Lance Lynn. Oh, you're you're not you're you're gonna hurt feelings here. Like you don't give a shit. Hey, hey <laughs> if Mike, you're the number one starter. If you're the face of the, I don't care about feelings. Well, I, 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 I care hey, about winning I'm baseball with you. games. I'm with you. Okay, I'm with you. I go and I don't give a shit. See, I think Giolito has that like. Great. Second level. Like, when he knows Great. Show, this is, like, the time. Show it to me in game three, then. That's all you need to do. Show it to me in game three. <laughs> you can show it to me. You you have it. Show it to me in game so, three. So, okay. So, then, according to my preseason prediction, they're playing a wild card game this year. That That's my personal. That was my personal prediction. So, who would you have? I mean, we're, we're way out from that. Anyway, yeah, no, no. This so, is, yeah, it's, that's what but, I'm saying. But if, this is the fun of what. 
if the two, playoffs two people talk about yeah if watch. the playoffs started tomorrow i'd go rodan lance lynn giolito and then i fuck it throw dylan cease in there you know you i don't, don't want dallas keichel pitching starting a game you don't i honestly think i don't mind dallas keichel starting a game i just think here's a couple couple different ways to look at it okay I don't mind Dallas Keigel starting a game. I just think Dallas Keigel being our fifth right now, or being, excuse me, being my fifth, is just because the four dudes in front of him are that much. That's how good our rotation is. Mm -hmm. And so it's not like, you know, like we have four great starters and Dallas Keigel sucks. It's just that, like, that's how good our rotation is right now. And I think. If you were going to take any of the five and put him in the bullpen, I think Dallas Keuchel is the is the dude. He's got seven strikeouts, yeah. Carlos Rodon. We're just blowing right past it over. So I think you, you don't put Dylan Cease in the bullpen because he scares you coming out of the bullpen with walks. Yeah, yeah. I like Keuchel because he's not a strikeout pitcher, but maybe – Early, like if he comes out like the sixth, maybe the seventh, that's the only time I'd bring him in. And you need a ground ball, he's the ground ball machine. You can do uh, C as your three, four innings, and then you bring in Keichel again, though. Again, so you're saying start C's, yeah, okay, we could do that. You could do and then that. You bring in Keichel to do the last four. that. I don't mind that. I don't mind. I just, I just think. With the road. Look how confident we are in this team. Well, that's the thing. It's you know, never happened. That's, and that's, again, folks, that's just right now, you know, on May 7th, you know, where the rotation stands. Talk to us in about a week or two when we do this podcast again. You know, <laughs> Michael Kopech could be in the rotation, so who <laughs> the fuck knows? <laughs> um. Okay, hold on. We got so many tangents here that we gotta we gotta kind of come back. To. Well, that's what this is all about. It's about tangents. About I love tangents. it. I love it. But I wanna I wanna go back. I wanna let's rename the podcast to Tangents. <laughs> Hard tangents. <laughs> Hard tangents with Mike Harden and Jason Head. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. When I put that book back down there. The, the whole books yeah, kind of collapse to down yourself, so I kind of yeah. ruined I ruined ass. your bottom shelf. Yeah. Hey, you gonna go fix that right now? No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> He's not gonna fix that at all, folks. No, um, no that, that's all on you, man. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Thanks. I cleaned the entire apartment for your presence tonight. It, it is and honestly, you, this is very clean. Were you expecting something else? No, no, no. I was not expecting. I know a, I've come a, a long hole. way since my NIU apartment. The, 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 I was not expecting, like, but this is. Very clean. This is this is very nice. What's the last your, your your floors? I love your floors. Here. I hate my floors. You, why do you? These are nice floors. They chip. They get dusty. But they're hard. But that they're hardwood floors. They're gonna be dusty. Oh, they're very hard. <laughs> now what? About, now how uh, does sound? Tr- now you're in a, you're for for the folks listening in their cars or at home. You are in an apartment complex here. How how is how does the sound carry? Like when you are blasting all fucking four of these speakers five, watching five five speakers here watching the socks or a movie or DJ live stream DJ live stream. Uh, are you getting like the <laughs> on the walls to turn it down, or or can people not hear at all? 
I, Turn it down, yeah, asshole! I, I, I take it they have. I take it they have. No. Well, can you hear? Or is that why you have five speakers? So- <laughs> wow. Wow. Mike, we've been doing this for an hour and eight minutes, man. We're, we're, <laughs> I think we have things to talk about. <laughs> we're jiving, dude. So the nice thing about my setup is the way the living room is set up is that that side's the balcony, that side's the ha- hallway, okay. and this side's the elevator hallway. Oh, so you're not, okay, I'm not, so there's, there's no one over there. There's no one over there. Okay. That's the hallway uh, elevator. And then, you know, the only bad thing is, is like I have heard my neighbor in the morning with her goddamn kids coming in <laughs> at Saturday morning, 6.30, just screaming away, Mommy! No, kids don't care. They don't, they, kids don't care I what don't time get, it that's is. That's fine. I understand kids that. Don't but, care. like, to not be aware that, that you live in an apartment built. By the way, Zach Collins is in the lineup for who? Uh, he's been, he started the game. In what position? Uh, he has to be a catcher, I would, I would believe. He's catching today. Yeah, because you're mean just bad. So he's obviously the DH. So then All right, yeah, uh, Zach Collins catching. Yeah. Is Zach Collins the personal catcher of Carlos Rodon? It, well, he caught the no-hitter. So he might be the, the, the guy assigned to Rodon. So, you know, I don't mind kids coming in. I get that. Like, whatever. But the the lack of awareness and like, all right, hey, let's go away from the room that bumps up into another person's room that doesn't live in your apartment. Mm-hmm. No, let's just let our kids scream in the bedroom that you live in that bumps up to a room of somebody else that doesn't live there. It's like, and then this. Well, it's, that's people stacking for you. Well, then the same tenant will let her kids run up and down the hallway Every day, like it's a competition. Like, hey, hey, is that where they play, or is that just okay? A couple things. No, 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 they just they this door over here, yeah, the hallway door, yeah, where you thought you were entering my apartment, but it was just another hallway. Yeah, this is like a compound. It's amazing. It's nice, man. but it's like it's it's, it's, it's like a compound. Yeah, they will run up and down this hallway every day, like they're running to gold, like. Every time they open the door, I'm like, "What are you guys running to?" Then kids run. They don't. They know one speed. They okay. know one speed. Well, how about the parent goes, "All right, Zach Collins, Zach Collins, home run oh, in go. the top of the fifth, one nothing White Sox." He's wearing his red gloves to honor Eloy Jimenez. So, um, I don't care the kids run, but. The thing that pisses me off is the mom doesn't go, hey, kids, let's not run. There's, we have neighbors. You have a very short window, though, to, to get them to not do it. How about before they do it? You, don't, you can't anticipate that. Yes, I can, Mike, because every time they open the door, it happens. Well. So, yes, I can anticipate it because every fucking time the door opens, they're running down the hallway. Dude, you, you got... You got issues. <laughs> Why do you think we're doing the podcast? You got issues. <laughs> issues. I'll play you that Green Velvet song a little bit later. Issues. Um, 
And then the other thing is when they wake up and they finally move their little asses away from mommy's bed into the bed or into the kitchen. How do you know this? How do you know the layout? Because because my it's like symmetric. My apartment uh-huh, is mirrored. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So don't make me that kind of tenant, Mike. <laughs> so literally, there are so many times when they're playing in the kitchen, like right in this kitchen or the hallway, like mine. And it, they're so loud, it sounds like they're in the hallway. I've, yeah, open, I've yeah. opened the door to see if they are in the hallway. That's how loud they are. So with my setup of mirroring a balcony, mirroring a hallway, mirroring a... I don't give a shit if I'm a little loud. I've always told people if I'm ever loud, can you turn it down? Lived here four years, never had a knock on my door. So You're wrong. Hero. Uh, so, Andrew Vaughn with a base hit. Guy who should be starting every fucking well, day. Well, if there's anything that's... If there's any... Well, there's no positive from one of your best players having a hip flexor injury. However, if it's going to force the hand of the coaching staff to play Andrew Vaughn now much more often. I think that would be the only the only thing that would come out of it. True. Let me ask you, though. Out of Leary Garcia and Billy Hamilton... Oh, Jesus. Who would you rather... Give me death. Who would you rather be taking the center field of bats on a, on a majority day-to-day basis? So, I value the glove more than I do the at-bat because I think under normal operating, if guys are just doing what they're supposed to be doing, you can survive with Billy Hamilton playing center field. You can survive with that. If, if, and this has kind of been a very strange start for this team because they've been hitting, they're in one of the top offensive um they're one of the top offensive teams in baseball, but they're not hitting home runs. Dude, they lead the league, or they're right up there in run differential. Right, yeah. So, yeah, so it's it's very strange. So, with, and no one's hitting home runs. I think Makata only has a couple home runs. Uh, Abreu has six. Yasmani Grandal is an absolute zero at the plate. Um, you know, Luis Robert, as he was hitting, but he was he only had one home run. Adam Eaton, for a while, was leading the team in home runs. Tim Anderson only has a handful. So they, they don't, they're not really, last year they were bashing the shit out of the ball all season long. This year they really haven't been doing that. So uh, if, if they were doing, and I'm not saying they have to do it at the pace that they were doing it last year, because last year I think that was a lot. They were hitting it shit ton of home runs last year but um you could survive with billy hamilton and his black hole of a bat oh in center field because he has the better glove and the speak and because Lurie's just awful on on both on both sides of the field black hole son yeah no no i mean he's he's terrible and he always comes up always comes up in a pivotal Pivotal situation. Hey, nine RBIs in the last, like, what, eight games that stretch was a couple week or two ago? Ooh. Leary? 
No, I'm talking. Oh, I'm Billy talking Hamilton. Hamilton. Oh. Yeah, he always comes up in like a, 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 so, a huge situation. So, a couple of questions. I'll, I'll cover the uh, the Billy Hamilton. I would rather have Billy Hamilton just because of the glove, the intellect of not sliding into first base head first, and being a complete dumbass, Larry Garcia. I'm sorry. I'm just done with that dude. Um, yeah, I never <clears throat> understood. The appeal with him, I, I know, and I, I feel like Lurie's been on the team for ten years. Do you realize like, that Leary I'm, has been on the team because we traded? I believe it was Alex Rios to the Texas yes. Rangers. Okay, I knew they traded him to the Rangers, or I knew it was from the Rangers. I couldn't remember. Yeah, well, um, yeah. By the way, the beer that I am sipping on now is a uh, you got a horchata. That's just beer. It's from Prairie Artisan Ales. Um, let's see. I don't know where it's located. I tried this at uh, Open Bottle in Lockport. Have you ever been to an Open Bottle? I have not. <laughs> <laughs> Dynamite drop in there, Mike. That broadcasting school is really paying off. <laughs> hey, it's finally. After 15 years. Fly ball to left. Caught. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, Open Bottle is pretty cool because uh, it's a brewery. There's, I think there's one in uh, New Lenox as well. And um, it's nice because they have their own brewery. But you can also, it's kind of like a uh, brewery, but it's also like they sell beer there. Like a liquor store kind of. But what the cool thing is, is they you can go and grab a beer off of a four pack or a six pack and then set like the, you know, grab mm. one and then set it off to the side and then they'll put it in a chiller and then, you know, like 15 minutes or 15, 20 minutes go by and then they'll, they'll serve it to you a cold. I wish their chiller was a little bit colder because it didn't, it didn't really make a difference, but it's kind of cool that like you can, you know, go and look at a beer and grab it kind of by name or, or some sort, and, uh, you know, just have it, like, whatever catches your eye kind of thing. Now, I thought, and according to beer folk, that I... Snobs. We call them snobs. It's not, okay. You know, that's fine. We can do that. I thought beer is not supposed to be very cold. Like, the, 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 the whole concept of the, oh, yeah, that ice cold beer, I thought technically... For the fancy beers, they're actually not supposed to be very cold. Is that true, Jason? Um, you know, I mean, <laughs> it's funny you say that. I've I've not really heard that that much, and um, I couldn't imagine drinking a beer room temperature. Like, I'm also kind of getting into wine a little bit mm, more. Now, now you're speaking my language, and like, yeah, but I'm like just tiptoeing into wine right now. So, like, I still like the sweet ones. Um. And there are some sweet wines that I like that I would actually prefer at room temperature. There's like I'm a I'm a Cooper's Hawk member, and like there's a there's a I think it's called Sweet Red that I like from there. And I first time I grabbed a bottle from there, I put it in the fridge and I drank it first glass, and I was like. Well, red is supposed to be room. So, like, I was like, whoa, this isn't, like, how I had it. This this is what's going on. This is wrong. <laughs> yeah, like, this is not how it tasted at the restaurant. Right, right. And I instantly got, like, a headache, and I was just like, it hit me different. And so I didn't even finish the glass. I let it sit for, like, 20 minutes, and then I went back to it, and I'm like, okay, this is how it, yeah, this, we leave this, this one is, out. We leave this one out. Like, this doesn't go in the fridge. 
<laughs> so, I mean, I haven't really heard that with beers, but like with the red wines, it's, it's kind of weird because like, I've always been like alcohol cold for me. It's gotta be cold for me to take it down yeah. because like, I've always been a person with shots. It's like, you know, shots is like, you know, it's just like a little bit like makes that makes, puts a little hair on your chest, you know, makes your chest. Well, yeah. Warm. Shots have always need to be ice cold for me. Like I yeah. can't do a warm. It's disgusting. <laughs> for sure. What shot? Yeah. You want to do a shot of gin? No, no. <laughs> well, no one wants to do that in general. Right. Right. But, right. Yeah. But if. So, I, I mean, I've never really heard about warm beer though. Like maybe if you well, go to. I'm not gym. saying it's gotta be warm, but like not, Room not 30 degrees, but. Probably, you know, so I just have heard that it's not supposed to be. I like cold beer, so. Well, you're a red-blooded American, Jason. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Fuck red blood. Um, I got a, I got a great question about you, about this guy coming up right here. Nick Madrigal. <laughs> okay. I just, I bet you hate this motherfucker. Uh, no. It's a little strong. I, I bet you this is the guy on a team that you, you dislike because, you know, he does everything right. Maybe not everything. Maybe. Do you see my face? I do. Everything see right? Not okay. Everything right? He He's supposed to do everything right. Okay. Okay. Well, okay. And you know I love guys like this. The grinder, you know. You know, doesn't do much, but he he's supposed to do everything right. And yeah, I, I okay. Here's my, I find him useless. Useless. Now wait. Now let me. Now hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Useless. The guy that's been three eleven. Oh, oh, that's nice. That's all nice. That is very nice. How is three eleven useless? He's a. Bad defensive player. Not he's not bad. Okay, Jose Valentin is bad. Jose Valentin's not playing on this team. Jose Valentin is a very bad defensive player. He's not playing on this team. Okay, he's above average. He's not excellent. Average, or he's average. Average. At average. Best. Can we at agree? Best. All right, average. You got to remember though. Okay, and here's the thing: he's that, not a good base runner. Okay, agreed. And singles, and he just hits singles. Does he get on base? He does get on base. Right now. I mean, but that's... This is why I know you hate this fucker. I knew this. He doesn't... He's... If you're not going to play good defense, if you cannot run the bases and you just make stupid decision after stupid decision and you're just going to hit singles Okay, let me ask you something. I think you're a useless I'm going to give you three players and I want you to rank them. Now, if he cleaned up his defense and if he didn't make outs on the base pass, I think he would be awesome. So going off of bad base running and bad defensive plays, I'm going to give you three. Get up! Way to go, Timmy. Tim motherfucking Anderson off Brad Keller. All right, let me rank, I'm gonna rank, give you, let me I'm rank gonna, bad baseball players. I'm going right to give now. you three on this team right now. Three players that are bad at base running and bad at defense. And I want you to rank them from worst to tolerable. Tolerable. Adam Eaton, Larry Garcia, and Nick Madrigal. Oh, well, I mean, come on. I mean, you're like... So I would say Nick is the best of those three. Okay. Then Adam, then Eaton. So let me just stop you there. Like, that's all I need to know. Yeah. Nick Madrigal is in his rookie season. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. 
So, like, and I think the thing with Nick Madrigal is everybody got sold a bill of goods of, like, this guy's supposed to be really smart at baseball, he's supposed to be a good defender, and he's supposed to be a smart base runner. I'll give you, like, he... I'll give you, like, that. I'll give you that we probably haven't seen what we've been sold. But... You got to remember, he had no minor league season last year. He was on the team. He was on the team, but he had no minor league season. Okay, so, you know, like, he has He was on the minors in 19. He was in the minors in 19. He was. But what I'm saying, though, is he hasn't had that, like, he's had, he's had, he's had that 2019 to, like, boom, let's jump here. Kind of like the Luis Robert jump. You know, so I mean, like, think about Luis Robert, like the great start that he had last year, and then he kind of went downhill. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's he what did. I'm saying. Like, Luis Robert wasn't sold as, like, this mastermind of baseball, you know, great defender, solid hitter, good hitter that hits fastball, you know? Yeah. What's his name in Major League, you know? Serrano, Pedro Serrano. I know, but what's the pitcher's name, you know? Uh, is it Harry or what's what Harry. what's what's his name? You know that's enough breaking ball or that's enough fastballs. Throw him some breaking no, yeah, balls. Yeah, I can't think of the pitcher's name right now. But um, you know, so like I I get that. Like magical was you know sold as you know the yeah. bill of goods, but like the dude hits over three hundred. That's that's rare in the. Before the last two years, that's rare in the White Sox. Before Jose Abreu came, well, and for a guy that they developed too, I mean, it, that's that's for a guy that the, that this organization developed to to have to have a high on base like he does. It it is impressive, I think, as an organ for the organization. But you got to clean the rest of this stuff up if you're just going to be a singles hitter. Absolutely, and like I think like. I will take this season from Nick Madrigal in his in his rookie season. Like if this is the worst he's going to be, we can take that. Yeah. You know, like 311. And I got to say like I got to say he's been pretty solid. Like you take away the first 2 to 3 weeks of the season, he's been great since. Like I don't think I I can't remember a a base running, uh, a two plan. No, no, or, I, I have or, yeah. or, uh, you know, a, a fielding error. But, you know, like if this dude consistently hits 300, and I don't give a shit if it's singles, the two things that I love is that he doesn't strike out. A thing that's been prevalent with the White Sox organization, you know, so like he'll work counts and he'll hit over 300. That's phenomenal for a number nine hitter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, catch the ball too, right? Well, I'm just saying, as hitting wise, if he has a career hitting number, I don't think he'll have a career hitting number nine for the next 18 years, batting batting number nine playing. You're second. giving him 18? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, like that dude. I I think like you know I I'm fully behind Nick Madrigal. It, Reaching his You're goal. You're all in. I'm you, all you've in. You've got Nick Magical season tickets. You I do. Are, I am buying You Nick. have bought Nick Magical season tickets. I am tickets. fully... I honestly... All right. I honestly do put it down that a hard-headed Jason Head side prediction. I can see this guy. When we're doing the hard-headed, you know, uh, season predictions in... Let's see. 
2009, or I'm sorry, 2039? <laughs> when, he's, when he's in his 18th season and he's working his way towards 3,000 hits of his goal? Come on. I can see that. All right. Well, you I can heard see it that. Here. You heard it here first. Yeah, I absolutely can see that. Like, for like, I just think like I don't think he'll always be a number nine hitter. You know, I think when he gets a little bit more uh, seasoned, you know, I would like to see him in the two hole. You know, maybe do a little Tim Anderson, Nick Magical, Yoan Makata, Abreu, Eloy, Luis Robert, Grandal. You know, but. Yeah, he's got to clean up his defense. He's got to be smarter on the base pants. But you got to remember, he's a rookie. So, but yeah, I mean, like, I think, I think the dude can, you know, he's 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 good for a number nine hitter. You know, like, you show me number another number nine hitter that's sitting over three hundred. No, I'm not gonna look through that right now. Right. But yeah, I mean, but yeah, I mean, he he's been he's been fine. Uh, I I just Harris I put, Harris. That's enough, Harris. Throw him some <laughs> Eddie Harris is his name from Major League. That's enough fastballs, Harris. Throw him some breaking balls. Fuck you, Joe Boo. All right, here we are. We took a little break here. We're back here in the it's the top of the seventh inning here in this Sox Royals game that we're doing the inaugural hard headed podcast. Two I'm years Mike, in the making. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you just heard Jason Head. I am Mike Harden. Uh, as we walk, as we talk through, uh, you know, various upcoming White Sox games, and including tonight's there in the top of the seventh inning, like I said. It is three to nothing, good guys, with a couple runners on here and one out. So, as we were talking earlier in the podcast, that the the Sox is kind of like a nice little early season first place battle, uh, and they look like this has been a pretty solid game, well pitched by Carlos Rodon. They have not made any uh, errors in the field, <laughs> and the bats kind of came alive here in the last couple innings. Yeah, Carlos Verdang, you know, cashed in for us to going on the over with the uh, the six strikeouts. Yeah, that's that we right. Needed. So we have forty two dollars to our names. <laughs> so, so this all in all, I think this has been a very successful dude, night. Everything else is <laughs> great. They still got to win the game, but they you, know, you should have see. Did, now, could you have? You could have parlayed it to winning to to. I could yeah. I could yeah, have parlayed it. They too. would have taken that money, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, they would have accepted that. Bet. They accept all all forms of all money. bets. I mean, you know, if I wanted to bet, if Billy Hamilton, you know, made an appearance into the game, I'm sure they could. Well, have. he's in the game now. Yeah. Well, yeah, not, he, uh, yeah. he shouldn't be. But uh, but yeah, next time maybe if you want to parlay it with like a with a Nick magical base hit and a Carlos Rodon over on the strikeouts and the White Sox winning the game. Yeah, we can we can make some They money. will take all money. From, all bets. Yeah. All, all wagers are accepted. Yeah, yeah. Until the first pitch, no more bets. Yeah, then they you have to do the hand wave like yeah. all dealers in, like you're sitting at the roulette too. table. Yeah. Uh, what are we doing here? Jesus. So there's a well. That's a smart play. Whoa! That's a smart play. There you go, Salvi Perez, Mister uh, Mister so Policer and uh, Chief. Yeah, there, that's a baseball that's, police. That's one of the biggest whiny little bitches right there. As you were saying, yes, uh, I I strongly dislike Salvi Perez because he's one guy that was all about 
you know, let's, uh, we're 2000, what was it, 2016, 2015? Well, they were in the World Series 14, 1 in 15. 2015, I was right. So, and then like anything after that, man, if somebody did it to the Kansas City Royal Line, oh, that matches, was not the, that was inappropriate. That was that. inappropiate, yeah. man. And, and Salvi Perez at home plate always got into batters' faces. So, you yeah. know what? And Fuck him. Also, what's inappropriate is the amount of, uh, cups I have here to my left. <laughs> Every time I have a, you handed me a water bottle, which I've drank and I don't remember. You're still working on that. And tea I over have there. the second uh, beer you've you've handed me. I, I have a third unopened one, which I'm not sure uh, since we're in the seventh. If I'll get to, uh, and I have my beverage that I came in the door with. Well, Mike, so it's uh, it's the top of the seventh, so it's last call. It, so. That's that is actually very true. It's so it's last call. Time. You're lucky that you're getting a full free beer on the table during last call, man. That's, so that that's a that might be a nice rule for. For future oh, no, there's episodes. no rules here. <laughs> there's no rules here. I mean, there, there. The only rule is, is that like when it's last call, no matter how full your beer is, you either get well, one, that, or, one or two beers um, automatically. That that's a classic Mike Harden move at the ballpark where, where that when it was last call, no matter what the fill level was on the cup, you had to go up and get another one. Or if a beer vendor is coming down and, you know, it's last call and, you know, you have one in your hand and, you know, the beer vendor is like, hey, last call. Mike Harding goes, I'll take two. I'm like, Mike, you have one in your hand. That would be three. Well, yeah, I'm Jason. not driving. Yeah, Jason. Well, they're playing the Twins and we're down by eight. So it's last call. <laughs> we need we need to fill up. So a little bit of history here. So the, basically how Jason and I met um that's good we uh we actually sat uh, we both had uh season ticket plans um stemming the, from the success of the 2005 yeah, white Sox. Right. we uh both got season ticket plans starting in 2006 and we started in the section of 148 yeah row 31 and 30 i was 30 you were 29 29 yeah and uh, Mike was seat one and two, and I was seat three and four. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So after seeing each other at what three or four games, and you know, we turn I around think we and struck go, up a nice conversation with each other a lot of the times. You know, I would talk with you and your uncle a lot, and then a friendship bloomed. Yeah, man. And I, here we are, three or four games in of noticing each other and. Giving, uh, you know, it sounds very romantic. <laughs> giving uh, pre-COVID <laughs> high fives yeah, to total strangers yeah. of White Sox fandom, you know, a friendship was born, and and we've been. Wait, you did not last very long in one in good old one forty eight. I'm still, <laughs> I'm still slumming it over there. But uh, you did not last very long. Well, a lot of, lot of, lot of softies in one forty eight. You know, <laughs> not you, but everybody else. Big softies. Big softies, <laughs> so I, okay? So I, I have had this theory that over the years, the and obviously the team has been pretty pretty lackluster, uh, you know, really since I started spending money on tickets. They've been pretty bad, um, you know, over the last decade or so. I ask you every offseason, what's going to take for you not to renew your tickets? So... And nothing yet, but so they've been pretty. Tony the Rooster didn't do it for you, no. huh? Um, 
So, but I've I've kind of always said that the the, the crowd there is, it's not as rowdy, it's not as rough as it used to be. It's, it's gotten very soft. But I will say in the in the couple games that I've been to already this year, there does seem to be an, some extra juice at the stadium. The crowds are really into the games. Um, you know, you can debate or not if it's you know cool or funny to be screaming at players from the seats uh, but there's a lot of people doing it like um, i have not seen it in a long time i'm talking opposing teams fans and current fans on the roster that people are you mean screaming our, at you mean our fans to michael kopak what's that in the bullpen are you talking about that game what's that so were you at the game a couple weeks ago when uh that fan ran on the field. It was a Friday no, night. I, no, I was not there. No. So, um, it was the night. It was the first night, like the first homestand after the initial homestand. Yeah, I remember a fan ran. Fan on ran it. on the yeah. field, but there was also on Sox Twitter that Michael Kopech. I think Hendricks was warming up, and he wasn't like Kopech wasn't coming to the game. But um, there were there were Cub fans or. Fans that were of another team with Sox fans, and they were getting at Kopech and talking about his son and his wife. Oh Jesus! <laughs> so so and and my buddy Ken, who I'm going to throw a shout out to. He's he's another Sox season ticket holder, and I always bounce off these ideas off of you and Ken about you know season tickets. He was at that game at that that night, and he was telling me that it was like. The Lions being released back into the wild. Like a, I, yeah, that's a good that's a good way to put it. Like a lot of built up, like yeah. we haven't been to a game in a year or two. Yep. You know, this is the first game. We're coming to the stadium half loaded, and we're gonna get loaded more at the game. Well, so I have not gotten that vibe. And I was at opening day, which is usually the worst, one of the worst games you can go to in terms of just interacting with people because everyone's half in the bag when they walk in. They're usually passed out by the sixth inning. Opening days, as much as I love opening day, and, and you know, I've been to just about all of them since uh, 2002. I missed 19, obviously, last year. I did was not able to go. Um, but opening day is just, it, it's a shit show. It, it really is. And so I have not gotten that vibe there, the the party vibe that I've seen for, you know, quote unquote, bigger games that, that you normally like the, you know, opening days always, like I just said, a, a shit show. Uh, the Sox Cubs games are always a chaos, which we'll get to that at the, toward the end of the year this year. Uh, you know, and you have some are other Sox Cub games fun anymore. I haven't gone in a long, I usually just sell I those tickets because I just don't care about it. I don't get the I hype. I don't like, the fans at those games, like I, so was, I, I just avoid it. I was only excited about those when I was in high school. It's and for college, young, yeah. But yeah. I would rather, like, I would rather go to a Twins game. I would rather yeah, go to I, an Indians. Game. I'd rather go to a Tuesday night game against the, you know, the, the, the Royals or something. Than I was, that. I was telling my uncle, like, one game theme night that I haven't been to in a while, and I'm sure it's wouldn't be that hard to get tickets anymore because it used to be a huge sellout. And the last couple of times that my uncle and I went to, it wasn't a sellout. It was Elvis night? It's not a sellout anymore. It's yeah. it's it's far from a sellout. The last few because my sister and I usually go. And uh, how old's your sister now? 
27. Just turned 27. Yeah. But uh, yeah. she she and I always go, and it's, it's been this thing that, you know, she and I have gone since, she, you know, she was real little. I think I randomly took her one one night, and we kind of made it a thing. But um, For, it, that has been not – there have been some that have been kind of rowdy, but for the most part, those are not even uh, – Anything that to, to write home about anymore. The, the crowds are, it's usually half filled at best. Now, granted, too, the teams have been bad for the last 10 years. But my, my issue with Elvis Night is they don't play Elvis music anymore. Really? They don't even play Elvis music for the at bat music. They don't, you know, they kind of sprinkle it in really? here and there. Do they it's, dress up the players in Elvis? Uh... On the scoreboard? Um, I, I haven't, no, I'm sure they See, do, like, but it's really, you don't notice it until after the game when they start doing all the, uh, so when's the, the last, theatrics. when's the last Elvis night you guys went to? It, it would have been the one uh, in 19, 2019. Okay. So I haven't been to an Elvis night in like, I can't even remember, but see, like the reason why I was like kind of wanting to do it again is like the thing that I loved about it was not going to do it this year. Are they not doing? No, it? they're not doing any 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 themes or promotions this year. Fucking pansies! <laughs> I know I've asked you this before, but have you seen Neighbors? Neighbors. Uh, Seth Rogen and Zac Efron. Oh yeah, yeah. So do you remember the scene no. where? He... <laughs> no. <laughs> do, you, do you remember the scene where he goes, "Who's Batman to you"? Uh, he's, yeah, vaguely, yeah. Okay, and I want to ask you this, because for for everybody listening here, um, you know, Mike touched on that, uh, you know, we, we met in 2006, and I have to look it up real quick, but, like, one of our, one of our loves is Batman in the Dark, in the Dark Knight, um, because I think... The Dark Knight came out in 2008, and, you know, we just met in 2006. So, like, you know, we've had many of conversations um, about Batman, but, like, one of the questions in Neighbors was, like, who is Batman to you? And for people that haven't seen The Neighbors is uh, Zac Efron, you know, does the Christian Bale impression of, like, I'm Batman. And, and Seth Rogen does the impression of, like, I'm Batman, Michael Keaton version. So I'd like to pose the question to you, Mike. Who's Batman to you? Well, I would just... The answer to that is just what I think are the better movies, and which is the Christian Bale you know, trilogy. So, to me, it's Christian Bale. However, that being said, I think they all... with the, You know, I think it's well documented that Clooney... The Clooney Batman is the least favorite of, of everyone's, and that movie is the least favorite of them all. But I think, they're, I think they all... I, I like the Val Kilmer movie, Batman Forever. I think Kilmer did a good Bruce Wayne, certainly. Um, you know, obviously Michael Keaton is the well, not the original, but he's Adam that's West. The, but yeah, yeah but he's the, uh, that's a classic. Uh, Batman. You know, I wasn't a huge fan of Batman Returns. Uh, I don't think uh, Affleck was terrible. I, I the movies were terrible, right? But um, I I don't think he was bad, and I would be willing to give him another shot. I know I've read that there's talks that he could show up in other ones. I don't know how that would work, but uh, he wasn't he wasn't bad. 
Um, but you know the movie, the the movies are bad, and I'm willing to give Robert Pattinson a shot. Yeah, I think, no, I think that's going to be good too. I'm excited about that. I think it's going to be the dark, grungy. Yeah, it's, style it's not going to be what has. And I'm glad because I don't want retreads of, you know, the Burton, the the Schumacher, and the Nolan. Well, we don't want to do that again. Just so the, it's the, it certainly looks different. Yeah, it totally looks different. It looks. It looks underground, even more underground than yeah. than the Dark Knight, and I mean, I would say like I agree with you. Like you know, I grew up with all the Batman's. I remember, I remember going to see, try to see uh, what was the Val Kilmer one, Batman Forever, Forever yeah. Batman Forever, and like I remember my mom and dad taking me, and that was the first time that I've ever gone to a movie theater. Walking up, trying to get tickets, and you walk up, and it's like, nope, it's sold out. Mm. It's like, what? Yeah, I mean, it was huge. You they, know, like, I mean, just the the merchandising with that surrounded that one with the Happy Meals and the McDonald's, the McDonald's glasses. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. The McDonald's glasses. I think there was four of them, and I, it's funny that you say that because I was literally just looking those up. With, like, the big Riddler question yep, mark. Yep. And, like, you know, everybody kind of, like, you know, I mean, they would probably be, like, maybe the third or fourth ranked Batman. But I got to say, like, Tommy Lee Jones is, like, the uh, the Two-Face. Yep, yep. And Jim Carrey is the Riddler. Like, solid performances. Like, straight-up solid performances. Like, you know, uh, Tommy Lee Jones, a couple of years removed from uh, The Fugitive. And, you know, just, like... Little, little comical, like with the. It's cartoony, but it, it was supposed exactly. to. Be, it was supposed it, to but be. Like, it's cartoony, but like they nailed it. They nailed it, and like they knew what they wanted it to be, and, and they did it well. I and thought. like, and then like the the Batman and Robin was too cartoony, where it was just cheesy and and just awful. Well, and they, I think they've even all come out and said since then. This is actually a nice uh, documentary if you can find it on. As we say, as we've been talking about the theme of this one on YouTube, uh, that actually kind of chronicles those that era of the Batman flicks, and they've all even kind of come out and said that that one was was basically made to sell toys. I mean, they I, apparently, if I'm remembering correctly, Warner Brothers just said to Schumacher, "We need to sell Batman toys. Make a just make a movie." And so, so that, and he was like, "Oh, okay, fine." So. Um, and then it just wasn't obviously received well, and the franchise kind of died until you know it came back again with Nolan and Bale. Um, so I correct me if I'm wrong on this though. Um, I didn't realize that Joel Schumacher directed both Batman Forever and yeah. Batman yeah, and yeah, Robin. Yep. So like, it's the same movie. I mean, the same style. It is the same style, but like, I didn't realize that because. It was two different Batmans. So, like, me, my thought was, oh. like, with it being two different Batmans, I thought it was, like, two different directors, two different mm-hmm. storylines, two different, like, thought processes. Like, I kind of wish that, like, it was Val Kilmer, again, with, with Schumacher. Maybe not those villains, but, like, you know, maybe with a, with a Joker. That would have been cool to see. You know, Joker's the... Number one. Well, so the story is is that the the movie after Batman and Robin, if I'm remembering this correctly, um, that there was a, they, they were developing another one after for after Batman and Robin, and it was going to be the like a Rhodes Gallery of them all, and the Joker was supposed to be in it. 
Uh, it got, since Batman and Robin failed miserably, they just kind of shelved it. But that, apparently the plan was the Joker was going to come back in the next one. Was there a rumor on who was going to play the Joker? I don't remember. If I, I don't want to speak out of turn here, but I, I, for some reason, think that it was supposed to be Jack Nicholson again. That would, if, I, I, that think, cool. I think, I think, I could be wrong on that. I, I think it was supposed to be Nicholson again. Top top two I, jokers right there, Jack Nicholson and Heath Ledger. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it's like looking at Joel Schumacher's, uh, you know, run here. I mean, he's got Batman Forever, A Time to Kill, and Batman and Robin. I mean, that's... Wasn't the client in there or was that before the Batman movies? Client is in 94... And then he does Seal, Kiss from a Rose, which I'm guessing is a... That's the music video for Kiss from a Rose. Okay. Correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't that somehow tied into Batman? That was the big song from Batman Batman Forever. Forever. So, yeah. So, then he's got The Client, the music video, Batman Forever, Time to Kill, and Batman and Robin. Yeah. What's your thoughts on The Client? I mean, Jesus. I've never never asked you this. Like, I've never talked to you about this. I haven't seen it in... when, When did it come out? When did it come out? Uh, looking at it right now in 1994. Yeah, so I haven't seen it since He's also then. got... I'm just looking into his IMDb here. I mean, he's got he's got NXS Devil Inside music video. It's a good song. Great song. He's got Flatliners, which is a very underrated g- good movie. Have you ever well, seen No, it? hasn't that just gotten remade? Yeah, not, thought, not it, great, it but the original Flatliners that he did was with Kiefer Sutherland, yeah. William Baldwin, um, I think Oliver Platt, Julia Roberts is in there, mm-hmm. and then who's the fifth guy? Uh, Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon is that. And then, you know, I mean, that's a great underrated, if you're looking for an October, you know, spooky or even a Friday night spooky film, you know, check out Flatliners. They try to, you know, put themselves under of being dead and seeing what yeah. the afterlife's about. I didn't realize he directed all those, but that's kind of a run right there of, let's see, let's go back. Flatliners, not sure what Dying Young is. Then he's got 2000 Malibu Road, which is a TV series. Falling Down. The Falling Down's good. Have you ever seen that? Falling, falling Down is good. One of my most favorite underrated actors is Michael Douglas. And, and... Falling down is just like one of those. No, it's classic. Oh, it's just like too expensive. <laughs> one of those like normal dude, normal dude on a bad day. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean for sure we're gonna have to we're gonna have to do some extra innings on falling down. <laughs> but I mean, and then you got the client, which is great. Like I, I client was one of those movies like where I probably shouldn't have seen. When I saw it, yeah, but yeah, I remember I it was it, kind of intense. I saw it when I was like probably six, seven, or eight. Jesus, <laughs> you know, I mean, like it came out in '94, and I was born in '88. So I mean, that's six, seven years. I probably saw it when I was eight or nine, and like that movie's phenomenal. Like from Tommy Lee Jones' performance to Susan Sarandon's performance, yeah. and then I mean the late, um, what's his name? Uh, Brad, Brad Renfro, Renfro, who's not, you know, he's 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 passed and gone with mm-hmm. us now, but you know what a stellar cast they deal with the mob in New Orleans and Will Patton, J.T. Walsh, you know, 
Tommy Lee Jones is the attorney general or the district uh, or the DA, I think. So, I mean, great movie. And then I didn't realize that he does Batman Forever, Time to Kill, and Batman and Robin. Yeah, I remember Time to Kill. I remember uh, that movie just looked hot all the time. Like, it was just 135 <laughs> Everybody's degrees. sweating yeah. in that movie. Yeah, that's everybody's all I really remember that from that movie. Yeah, everybody's sweating in that movie for sure. But I would say, like, kind of circling back, I mean, I would say Christian Bale is my Batman just because I resonate with those movies the most. And yeah. my second would be probably Michael Keaton just because I like Batman original with Jack Nicholson. Excuse me. But I have no idea what the hell is going on in Batman Returns. And then I like Batman Forever. What a name, by the way. Batman Forever. Yeah, the names got kind of silly. Yeah, yeah. So even uh, even as even the Dark Knight Rises is kind of a lame. Well, you know what? Title. Um, what's the new Robert Patterson one coming out? The Batman. The Batman. Why? I want to know why has nobody ever done a Batman movie called The Cape Crusader? Yeah, that's that's for the next Batman movie. But I mean, like that is like when I when I wish to you I when the Batman trilogy came out, I wish it was Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, and then the Cape The Cape Crusader. Nobody's ever done the Cape Crusader, and I think that's no. just a, that's a lethal. That's part two of this up next, you know, group. podcast. But like, I just think the Cape Crusader is a great name. The reason why I asked you that was because I saw it in Neighbors, but you know, did you just watch this movie? Or I did. You, I watched okay. it. I think like <laughs> like two days ago. But like, I am. Oh, go on, go on. Go ahead, no, go ahead. Uh, do you allow, like, I used to be a huge movie guy. Which, when, you know, when I was, obviously, you have a lot more time and a lot of, you know, going to see movies is something you do when, you know, you're a teenager, younger years. You know, my friends and I, we would go see whatever new movie came out every single week, and we would be at the movie theater. Obviously, now, you know, it's, you know, it's slim pickings just in general with what movies are these days coming out. But do you find that... I find that, like, when I see him, I cannot remember, unless I l absolutely love the movie, I can't, like, recall anything from any movie unless I, like, absolutely love the movie. Like you said, I know I've seen Neighbors. I remember enjoying it when I saw it. Have I could not tell you anything about it right now. Yeah, there's it, kind of... There's like, kind like, even... Um, Nothing really sticks with, and maybe it's because there's so much shit going on in my yeah. head, or as an adult, like you just well, so much going on in your head now that you just want to watch a movie for a couple hours. Yeah, that was good, and then you totally forget about it. But like for the most part, if you could probably name a ton of movies, I'm like, yeah, I saw that. Did you like it? Yeah, I like. Oh, remember this part? No, I don't remember that part at all. Like well, that's like what I'm kind of running into now as I'm approaching. Uh, uh, you know, mid adulthood. <laughs> How old are you now? Thirty-seven. Thirty-seven, man. Yeah, as I'm approaching my forties. Yeah. But uh, but but getting back to it though, like, do you find yourself not able to? So, like, it's funny that you you bring that up because I would say maybe the last like because I was going to ask you this as a as a segment this year is like. During your life, your probably your teen years or whatever your childhood is, what are what are the years or the age range 
that you remember or re- or comedies resonated with you the most? And let me give you an example. For me, it was like seventh grade to about senior year in high school. Like we're talking American Pie, old school, you know, Wedding Crashers. And like it's funny you bring that up because like the the last movie, maybe like the the last new movie that I could like off the top of my head is maybe Get Out that I could kind of think about is like scenes. And if you brought it up to me, like, hey, Mm -hmm. you remember what happened? Well, like, one that I can quote on demand is Old School. And they came out in 2003, and I think that was maybe, like, eighth year yeah. or eighth grade, you know, freshman year of my of high school. And I think, like, as me becoming, you know, kind of a teenager into high school, that's, like, when, like, comedies really, like, resonated with me. Like I said, especially with American Pie, Old School, Girl Next Door was great, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's like I kind of like, you know, it doesn't have to be a certain decade or, or time period of of when they were re- released. But like for you, like in your point, you know, was it two to six, 14 to 18? You know, when when did they resonate? Yeah, I mean, I would say it probably relates to the quality, too, of the movies at the time. So I would say that era, between, you know, from 98 to the early 2000s as well. Um, you know, something about Mary, I remember going to see in the movie theater. And That's a great one. That was, at the time, considered child abuse. We if, got a bleeder! If, yeah, I mean, that was, like, considered child abuse. At the, I remember my buddy and I, so that, what, came out in 98, so I was 14. Child um, abuse, how? I, I, well, because it, at the time, that was a very raunchy raunchy movie like it was like controversial i i I remember and so i we i mean obviously my friend and i were not even of a proper age to see an r-rated movie by ourselves yet we still saw it i remember walking out of the movie theater uh, what hold on back up what movie did you buy to go i know i think we actually we saw it in a one screen theater so i think we actually bought the tickets to see it but how if it was art well there were theaters that didn't you know, care or, you know, whatever. Um, but, or we had a parent note. Um, <laughs> a parent note? My son can see something about marriage. So, I don't know. I, I, we bought the tickets. And so, Frank's and Beans. Yeah. But um, I remember walking out of that and a, an older woman was like, Did your parents let you see this? And we were like, Yeah. They're like, Well, they need therapy. <laughs> and so I just, I, and and the woke woke uh, you know that's, generation that's start that's right started. there right, <laughs> but I but I would say that that era from ninety eight to the early two thousand even just not even with comedies but just movies in general I think that was a very strong time where I think a lot of even my favorite movies are from that that time frame too yeah i mean i remember like 98 99 2000 like going over to my buddy collins man across the street and like watching american pie watching scream scream Two, like yeah. late at night late at a friday night throw a movie on at like nine o'clock ten o'clock and trying to get through this thing you know pulling all nighter to like one in the morning and just be like dude man like you know, we would have his older sister's terror, Shannon, like renting the movie for us, and we'd be like, "Dude, 
this movie's this is this is what we want to be. This is teenagers, man. Like high school. Right, like, this is right. what we want to be. You know, for and like then the old school hit man. It was just like you were in high school, and then like that's what you wanted to be as an adult. You know, <laughs> and right. it was just, and it was just great. And like you know, because like like they always talk about like oh, what decade was like comedies like or whatever movie was like was great in, and. uh I wanted to like kind of touch on like, you know, what, like what period of time, like for me, it was like that, like middle school to like end of high school. Was yeah. I mean, but I think also too, you can say that about a lot of things when you're of that age. I think a lot of people can say that cause that's when you're probably the most impressionable too. So a lot of things make the biggest impact on you regardless, whether it's movies or music or the sports you like. I mean, cause that also too was probably a time where you, Went to a lot of ball games, and so that's where you maybe have fallen in love with you know the, this this shit ass team that we've been rooting for all of our lives. So you know, uh, <laughs> I mean, real quick to like you know kind of sum up on the movies that like kind of like a little tease for next time. Have you ever noticed throughout the years of making movies the the double movie that comes out in the same year? <laughs> yes. So yeah. like I was watching Deep Impact uh, earlier today before you came over, and it like yes. made me think. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, yeah, yeah. but it kind of made me think there's three different movies that came out in the same year, okay? So Deep Impact, I think, came out in 98, you know, obviously a year or a movie that, you know, has to deal with asteroids hitting the earth and the end mm-hmm. of the world. The other movie that year is uh, Armageddon. Armageddon, Armageddon. Armageddon. So that was like a, a year where both of them came out. Yep. And, you know, it was like... Didn't you have the year before that with two volcano films? Exactly. Just what Dante's I was Dante's Peak, Peak and Volcano. And Volcano. Yeah. Exactly. I was just like, how how does this happen? Like, I can't, like, if you both wanted to... But the same year? The yeah. same year? And the other one that I was thinking, I think it was uh, 2013 maybe, was White House Down and Olympus Has Fallen. Both attacks... They're not the same film? They're not. <laughs> they're, I never saw them, but like I thought they were the same thing. They're not. Huh? They are not. Oh. They are totally different, and uh, they are both. I think in 2013, both attacks on the White Sounds House. Sounds right. Sounds right. And it was just like those. I, I like it made me think. I'm just like those are three movies that are entirely different. They came out the same year. Yeah, I think you can trace that back to uh, the year. Independence Day came out. If you want to loosely tie it to like a Men in Black release, I think those both came out the same year. Did no, they didn't because Big Willie Weekend was always July Fourth, and didn't those movies come out? Well, I was going to say consecutive in, in, July 4th Independence years? Day and uh, and uh, Men in Black had Will Smith in both of them. Sorry. Right. So in July Fourth was always Big Willie Weekend. Big Willie Weekend because <laughs> you had Independence Day, which started then Men in Black. And then Wild Wild West. Wild, and then Wild, Wild, West. Wild West killed Big Willie Weekend. <laughs> Wild Wild West for everybody. Oof. That's that's a movie right there. Let's see. Men in Black came out in 97. Right. And and Independence came down in 96. Yeah, so that's... Yeah, okay. But, but literally the three, the three different Armageddon Deep Impact, Volcano yeah. Dante's Peak, and uh, White House Down in Olympic... All the same year. Yeah, I'm sure we can do some research. And I would love to do that. Like that, I was just like, it's like, I was like, what a race to get whatever movie out for you know first. Yeah. You know, like 
just it was just I found that very interesting. So, um, but yeah, it's just kind of interesting to you know think about movies and like the imp like the impact it has on your life. You know, like I said, like for for like ninety seven, probably more ninety eight, ninety nine to like two thousand seven, like. Sixth grade, seventh grade to like senior year of high school, I was like, whatever I see in movies is this is what I want to do eventually or yeah. like advanced. So I was gonna say we need to wrap this up because this game's about to be over because we're, we're we're gonna stick in our guardrails, start first pitch to end of the game, and we're here in the bottom of the ninth with the Sox with a three nothing lead, seemingly a, a, a lead that a championship, a team with championship aspirations should hold on to. Yet their closer is now in the game and just served up a leadoff double, which isn't the end of the world. It's it's not the end of the world. However, we've seen this story unfold this year, and like I said, and as we all, as it circles back to how we started this whole thing today, is that every game feels like a loss. Where so now this is going to be a struggle it's for the to get, It's not easy. This is probably going to now turn into a struggle, and they could win this game, oh, but you're gonna but you're gonna you're gonna leave. They're gonna win this game. You're gonna to walk two. out of this and be like, "God damn, why? God damn, they're gonna Liam, win." God damn, you can't just do a one, two, three inning. They're gonna win this game three to two. By the way, we haven't gone the whole game on. Where the fuck is Steve Stone this weekend and the last road trip? Took a vacation. I think he gets a vacation. He deserves a vacation. He probably deserves a, a vacation for all those years that he had to put up, put up ah. with Hawks Harrelson. Ah. So as this game is winding down, anything else uh, we want to cover here? Well, I would. It's I would, been a nice, nice ride here for the first go around. I think it went okay, dude. I've I've had a blast tonight, man. Like you, you fed me. You you fed me liquid bread. You you fed me actual bread. All right. Well, we're down to two outs here. It's still a three nothing game. Jason, you want to sign off for now? I think I think we've had a blast, Mike. Man, this has been pretty fun. How about you? This is great. We'll do it again. Uh, thank you all for listening. We'll keep putting these out here as the season goes on. Go Sox, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Please uh, check us out on the Hard Headed Pod. Oh, do the propers. Do the as I always forget the propers. <laughs> That's going to be my thing. I think I'm going to forget the propers. So we are we are going to be developing an Instagram page pretty soon where you can. Check out and see uh, pictures of our, our, our podcast setup. But right now we have a Twitter page set up, so please check us out at Hard Headed Pod. We will probably get a uh, SoundCloud set up or some ki- some type of you know uh, revenue or you know avenue for you to access these pods. We are not sure where that will be yet, but we will make sure to tweet that out. But please follow us on Twitter. And, and we will tweet out the Instagram pod as well. Or I'm sorry, the Instagram page as well. But um, thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. It's been a blast. I hope you guys tune in. I hope you guys had fun. Uh, please check us out. And, you know, hope you guys tune in for the uh, second episode. Mike, any last words? I'm good. <laughs>